You're listening to AskDaryl.com. You've got questions, we'll get you the answers. AskDaryl.com. Hello and welcome to episode number 44 of the Ask Daryl podcast. The Ask Daryl podcast is where I, your host, Daryl Girardier, take your questions on social media, technology, and communications, all dealing with the church, and do my best to answer them in the most brief yet thorough way possible. Today, we're talking about the future of social media and church communications, for that matter, and the church. Uh, actually, today's question comes from Jackson Dame, who on our super awesome church Facebook communications uh, group, which you haven't joined, you need to join immediately. He wrote this question, which is, what is the, first, what is the future of church communications? And I thought it was a really, 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 really great question. Um, and so... On the Facebook group, I saw some people respond. I responded. Uh, I kind of just wrote a couple paragraphs real quick. And then it got me thinking that I wanted to expound a little bit more on what my thoughts are on this. So this isn't so much a me answering a question in terms of a tool or resource you could use. This is a little bit, it's not a rant, but rather it's me telling you, the listener, here's where I see us heading in 2016, 2017, and beyond. And I think we've already sowed some of these seeds in the last two or three years. And why it's more important than ever for people or for churches, for that matter, to have a church communication staff and somebody dedicated to a lot of these things. For the longest time, the church has had a monopoly on content and monopoly on their content, for that matter. And what I mean by that is, is that when it came to the attention game of getting somebody's attention, it was super easy in most towns. You typically went to church on Sunday or at least Easter and Christmas um, but the only place you could go hear the pastor or your pastor speak was going to be on Sunday. There wasn't things called podcasts. They weren't these things where you could, uh, other than maybe a TV preacher or a radio preacher. The reality of it is if you want to hear your preacher, you only got to hear him once. And that was pretty much it. So you had this thing where there's this monopoly on the content. Well, then all of a sudden podcasts came along and then you had, uh, basically online worship services come along and all of a sudden people have options. So the idea that all of a sudden you had this monopoly on people's attention has pretty much gone away. In fact, it's more and more. I see people, they'll go to church, but I, they have what I call internet pastors. They have their pastor where they go to church, but then they might go back to get in their cars on the way home. Or on Monday, they download the latest thing from Andy Stanley, uh, Matt Chandler, whoever it is that they really wanted to hear. Um, and that's not a slight at their pastor. That's just kind of, you know, that's how they live. And so the problem is, is how do we in the future, how do we maintain that attention? Now, hear me say, I'm not saying any way, shape or form that when God's word is preached by a pastor, that God's work word can't do its work. Okay. That's not what I'm saying. What I'm saying though is, is there's an attention game that we're playing. And the reality of it is, is it used to be to get your attention, to get you to come to church, we had this exclusive content and it was called the worship service. And the reality of it is that's become much more of a commodity. And so we have to re-answer the question, why should you show up to church? Why should you even be there? And the problem is, is that for a lot of us is what we don't understand is, is the way to get people to come is to create community. And we create that community online via our social media, via all of our communication channels. And obviously you try to do the inside of your church via small groups or some sort of community-based system. However, 
What's different is is the fact that it's going to take you're going to have to work overtime to make that happen. Um, as more and more volume of content increases online, and more communities are offered online for people, to everything to grab their attention, you're going to have to work twice as hard. This is not me telling you. You know, I, I mean, what I'm telling you is there's not a magic bullet for this. Even though there's a new tool that come out that might promise you um, easier community, easier this, easier this, get more people in the door. The reality is there is no silver bullet for the fact that you're going to have to do something called hard work. And the reality of it is I think it's going to be even harder for you if you're in church communications or if you're a church to get people inside your door and keep people inside the door because you're going to have to, on a consistent basis, find ways to keep their attention and find ways to build community that lasts. Now, for a lot of us, what we've tried to do is we've tried to do things like online church. And I think online church makes a lot of sense for a lot of people. I think it's, I, I, I get why it works, but at the same time, I really feel sometimes for me, it feels like to me, like it's a short-term solution for a long-term problem. Um, and, and I mean that because yeah, while somebody may love your church online and I'm not, I'm not referring to people, by the way, who are shut-ins. I'm referring to people that could physically go to your church. Um, but the reality is, is they really choose to attend online. Um, the issue with that is, is they can easily, if they don't like what your preacher says, or they don't like what's happening on stage, they can easily just go into the URL of their browser and just switch to a different church. And I feel like that is going to start becoming the norm. Whereas if we can continue to push this online church, no matter how, how much we try to make it a community based thing, the reality of it is, is I don't think it's a long-term healthy solution for the church. I'm not opposed to doing online campuses, online church for that matter. In fact, I'm investigating how do we do how to do more of it for our church. But I think we need to be honest about the reality of it is, is that getting that to stick with people and get their attention on a consistent basis is going to be a lot harder than what we're currently doing. If what we're currently doing is all we're doing is just putting our worship services online and maybe having a chat window open. That's not going to cut it. We're going to have to work harder and think smarter when it comes to getting and keeping people's attention in 2016, 2017, and beyond. The other aspect of I think that for us is where I see the future of things going when it comes to church communications is is that our pastors aren't really being trained for the future. And here's what I mean. Most pastors, when it comes to preaching school, they're taught to do two things. They're taught to take, first, they're taught to take the Bible from the past and understand the Bible in the context of the past. And the second thing they're taught to do is take the, take it from the past and bring it to the present and help people apply it or, or preach God's word so that it transforms people's lives uh, in their context of their setting. Um, so we try to contextualize the Bible in such a way that, hey, this is what God's word means for you in your workplace, your family life, etc. And we try to apply, help people apply it to their life. And that works. However, I don't see seminaries training leaders on how to help people apply the Bible when it comes to the future. We're really good at talking about what's going on in today's culture, but not so much future culture, not so much what digital tools we see coming down the line and, and how that affects the church. And let me give you, let me give you two examples. The future for us, as we know, continue continues to be we put all of our stuff online. All of our lives are going to be online. We're consistently putting all of our photos, our videos, everything is going online. So if you're a person who has lived their life online, if you will, and like a lot of people, you had a pretty rowdy college life, okay? 
And all of a sudden, later on, you get out of college and everything you've ever done has been posted online, it's been posted on Facebook. And then all of a sudden, at some point, you become a Christian and you look at that past life and you say, that's no longer me, I'm now this. The issue is, is you now have all of these visual online reminders of your past life. Now, I don't know about you, but for me, everything I've done in the past in terms of, you know, college and all that kind of stuff, none of it's online because I graduated before all that stuff really became mainstream. So we haven't trained pastors on how do you help people deal, not just so much with sin, but with sin that doesn't, has reminders that don't go away, that virtually don't go away, that anybody can Google and anybody can go find. We don't talk through that. The second thing that we don't talk through and don't help pastors understand in terms of the future and digital is how do you help people mourn online? And what I mean by that is when somebody passes away, uh, normally what you would do is, is you go to the funeral, remember that person, and you know they usually memorialize inside a person's home with a photo on the wall and that kind of thing, or, or maybe a couple of other type of deals. But the reality of it is, is you don't really have uh, uh, you know memorials for people in a in a in a grand sense. Um, unless they're famous, obviously, but in the online world, you can, if somebody passes away and they have a Facebook page, uh, they have a Facebook account, you can still to this day go and write in that person's Facebook wall. Now, of course there's things that you can do with Facebook that kind of helps you can turn into a memorial. They've got, I think they've got ways to do those things now, but the reality of it is, is we're changing the way we mourn. Um, we're changing the way on how we mourn because we can now com- always relive those moments with those people via Facebook, via video, via imagery. So essentially both these things I'm talking about dealing with dealing with sin online and then turn around and dealing with people online in terms of mourning is, is we have to teach people how do you live in a world where you are no longer allowed to forget. See, human beings are actually designed to forget and it's not necessarily a bad thing. I believe we're designed to forget things because we're designed to, you know, Forget things and move on. That's how we're wired. Uh, that's how we were created. We were created to forget. But the reality is we're now living in a world where you can't forget. And pastors aren't trained on how to deal with that. So when I look in the future and I look for what the deal is the future of church communication, social media, and the churches and technology, I see a future where pastors aren't being trained and equipped on how to handle these new realities. These are the realities that they're going to be dealing with. And that's why I think it's so important for every church to have somebody on staff, volunteer, who's a church communications person who not only serves to help them with the now and what's going on in the reality of of today, but also the reality of the future. We need people who have, think of them like a telescope, and they're looking out into the future saying, here's what's coming down the path, and they can help help their pastor navigate that future. That's why church communications people to me are so important because they can help do that because they're the people who stay up on Hootsuite, Twitter, Snapchat, all those things late at night, seeing this is what the future is going to look like and they can see it and they're on the cusp of it, they're on the edge of it. And that is part of our role is to help navigate the help the church navigate that future. And you can do that today if you're in that role. Or if you want to be in that role, study up, get in that role. You're going to have to work overtime, but do what you can to help your church navigate the future. So that's what I'm seeing right now in the future. That's what I'm seeing coming down the path for us. Um, I think it's a bright future. I'm not a pessimist by any stretch, but I do think it's a future where we're going to have to work a lot harder than we're currently working right now to capture people's attention and keep them engaged with what's going on inside of our churches. If you've got a question for me, head over to askdaryl.com. That's A-S-K-D-A-R-E-L.com. You can direct message me on Twitter. I'm at D-G-I-R-A-R-D-I-E-R. 
You can also subscribe to this podcast on iTunes or on Stitcher. Thanks so much for listening. Have a great week. Talk to you later. Bye. You're listening to AskDaryl.com. You've got questions. We'll get you the answers. AskDaryl.com.